episode of the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast is brought to you by Hillbilly Elegy. An urgent phone call pulls a Yale Law student back to his Ohio hometown, where he reflects on his family history and his own future. Based on the best-selling memoir by J.D. Vance, Hillbilly Elegy is a modern exploration of the American dream and three generations of an Appalachian family. Starring six-time Academy Award nominee Amy Adams as Bev, eight-time Academy Award nominee Glenn Close as Mamaw, and Gabriel Basso as J.D. Vance. Directed by two-time Academy Award winner Ron Howard. Watch Hillbilly Elegy, only available on Netflix, and experience America as you've never experienced it before. Hello, welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Nomad Land. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with someone bringing a Nomad Land tagline, Kelly Wand. Finally, a movie where Francis McDormand is grief stricken in a rural setting. Oh, wait. Where else is she grief-stricken in her role setting? She's she's pretty upbeat in Fargo. Ebbing, Ebbing, Minnesota. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Missouri. Right, right. Isn't she bummed, and that's why she's putting up billboards? Because that's she's... what you do when you're really sad. Nope, that's a fair point, Kelly Wand. Okay, I'm. Where's so my have... booking? Or whatever she wrote. I, is... I forget what the billboard said. Uh, basically, why did you not investigate the murder of my daughter, or something like that? Except more succinct and in three parts. Yeah. And then Woody Harrelson's billboard said, "Don't look in the bag." Kelly Wand, spoiler. <laughs> Kelly Wand, do you have a tagline for people who haven't seen three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri? Finally, a movie you'll feel like an asshole for watching on Prime. I don't think it's available on Prime, but I saw. It. No. It's only on Hulu, so I don't get that one. Do you have a tagline that I might Well, it'll understand? be on Prime someday, right? It will someday, yes. Pretend it is Oh, oh I see. Kelly Wan, I, I understand. The Amazon thing. Right. I just we got that should, one, Kelly Wan. You and I should do a podcast together. We're terrific. <laughs> we have really good chemistry, and it's like we finish each other's – what's the word? <laughs> Kelly Wan, does Nomadland have a third tagline, or does it only get two? She should have picked the car from Haywire. Why? What? <laughs> Gotcha! <laughs> Tom Chick special. Kelly Wan, what was that car's name? Um, Diarrhea? Or Marge? I would have accepted, uh, I would have accepted Coronomobile. Too soon, dude. I know, right? Right? Is that what it is? <sighs> Whatever wow. it is. I don't got... know what you're sighing about. There's so many choices. I'm talking about I'm Gina Carano ruining everything she's been in by being a dumbass. Oh. Yeah. No, she was good in Haywire, wasn't she? She was uh, – I didn't – you, you you guys loved her. I mean she was Gina – she's not good in anything. She's Gina Carano, and now her brand, Gina Carano, is synonymous with being a dick. Like I don't want to watch her in anything anymore. No, she that's... saved Grogu, dude. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, you know Baby Yoda's name. Ha <laughs> ha, you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Kelly Wan, why are we talking about Nomadland and not – Well, we were talking about The Mandalorian. No Mandalorian land. Right. Let's let's talk about Nomad Land oh, now. I, I need to share some basic details about this movie so folks oh, good. know what Those we're talking about. Oh, good. Those are my favorite about. kind, Tom. So Nomad Land is directed by uh, and written by Chloe Zhao. It is starring Francis McDormand, David Strathern, and uh, no one else whose name I know. 
I thought I had a third. I guess I don't. Uh, on Metacritic, Nomadland is at 93. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 94. Ah, it didn't get a theatrical release. Right, I know. I can't get along. Uh, it is rated R, Kelly Wan, for some full nudity. What? Yep, for some full oh, nudity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, yeah. Uh, Kelly Wan, are there other things that sh- that should be on the uh, list of reasons that it's rated R? Parents who are excited about watching Nomadland with their children should be aware of these things happening in the film. Some monologues, old women shitting, occasional weather, and graphic rock burning. <laughs> okay. Uh, those are important. Yeah, yeah. I those agree. are the four top things I uh, talk to parents about after I called every parent I know after watching this. It's an invaluable service that you perform, Kelly Wan. Thank you yeah. for that. Kelly Wan, the more valuable service. Good. Well, why don't you do some good by telling us then the events of the Segway movie boy. <laughs> Nomadland in a synopsis. Hmm. Nomad lopsis. Um, some somber words are all due to a sheetrock epidemic. U.S. Jism shut down its zip code. Frances McDormand opens a storage unit shed. She finds some pants and smells the crotch sadly. Yep, they're hers. Here's what I owe you real good then. Okay, uh, see you at the end of the movie. She drives around. She pees on some snow by a fence where Bashimi buried a suitcase of money 25 years ago. (sighs) A word's all nomad lopsis. Frances McDormand sings the song I mix up with green sleeves. Later at a motel. Um, yeah, I don't see your reservation. Oh, I'm on the don't let her camp near us list. She boils and eats some soap. Her lamp's a creepy Santa. She gets a job at Amazon staring at boxes. All right, everybody. Thanks for starting work today on the day you were scheduled. Uh, someone name a safety tip. Fall down the stairs. Everybody slow collapse. Later at lunch. And this tattoo uh, says, uh, Ad Astra is just a word you carry with you. Oh, you think that's you betcha? This is my husband's old fishing box, and these are my dad's dish collection. It's called Autumn Leaves. Hey, McDorman, what did you name your socks? Vanguard. Meanwhile, on a nearby TV. And in polar bear news, prison. Frances sits in a sporting goods store and puts pantyhose on her head. A lady with daughters, she knows, comes up and hassles her. Hey, Fran, I mean, Fern, still doing the van thing? Hey, come stay with us. Come live with us and my kids. Your life choices are idiotic. Oh, hey, Moesha, still smartest kid in school? Kinda. Do you remember anything I said when I tutored you? Uh, tomorrow, 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 dusty candle. My mom said you're homeless. No, I'm houseless. It's way different. (laughs) There's the fucking dog again. God damn it! Fern listens to some Christmas carols while folding underwear. A black cat made out of wood listens while an old woman comes over and goes, Hey, Fern. Uh, man, I thought about suicide. I bought a propane stove, was going to drink it and light cigarettes till I blew myself up or caught lung cancer. Then I'm all, oh, yeah, my dogs. So Social Security benefits $500 a month. Then I saw this commercial by a crazy old man for a magic place called Rubber Tramp Rendezvous, although marketing said we should use Nomadland. 
Francis feigns interest. She gets a cold, eats ravioli for Christmas like Fonzie, and goes to the unemployment office. Yes, yeah, sorry, uh, all we have for you are jobs. Um, oh, by the way, some guy died. You want his dog? No! Okay, well, good news. Amazon pays you through Thursday. The bad news is today's Thursday. Oh, well, my husband worked at Ginorm Empire. I was a substitute teacher. Oh, I'm sorry. That part wasn't in the movie. When do you need to get back to work? Now? Yeah, now's tough. Uh, you might want to consider death. Oh, no, I prefer work. I like working. Yeah, we don't have anything for that. I'm sorry. Later by a gas station, Margot Kidder's all. Uh, Miss McDormand? Not to overstep my bounds, but there's a church down the road uh, with a heater in it. Nah, I'm good. Later in a trailer park. Hey, Fern, you made it. Here's a chair. Shh, listen. Dr. Nomadland is monologuing. We accept the yoke of the tyranny of the marketplace. Think about a workhorse put out to pasture. And what are workhorses famous for? Taking care of each other. Because what a horse is like? Lifeboats. Thank you all. After a few minutes, a couple people clap uncertainly. Later, by the soup terrines, vegan? Carnivore. Cilantro? No. Hi, Fern. I'm a Vietnamese vet. I got PTSD and I can't handle loud noises. Fargo gave me diarrhea. I think my name's Chunt. I'm a black lady. I convinced my papa and my mama we should take off and see the country. They died three weeks apart, so I became a van dweller. Ooh, girl. I bought paint because it takes me where I ain't. Baby, I work for corporate America. My nanny got liver failure. One week before retirement, he died ten days later. Never able to take that sailboat out of his driveway, which made the parking at his funeral reception really bad. So I shouted in the middle of the street that my sailboat's out here in the desert. Ugh. Thank you all. I'm Dr. Nomadland speaking again, just to clarify. That's why I'm standing in front of all of you. I think you've come to the right place to find an answer, black lady. And Alicia Vikander. And, um, I think your name's supposed to be Dave there, Chunt. All right. Now, what are the Ten Commandments of Stealth Parking? Everyone laughs and starts chanting, Thou shalt kill. They teach her how to ruin a tire. Then, old woman number 38 stands up. Now, you should all shit in a five-gallon bucket. I'm in a Prius, so I use a two-gallon bucket. If you have bad knees and like beans, here's a seven gallon. She sits down. There's no applause. The next day. Jer, try these pliers. They're kind of funky. Trade you for a pot holder. Some extras eat cord dogs. Later at a job fair. Hi, I'm Francis McDormand. Do you take resumes? Um, yeah. You just go online and know. They break into someone's new RV. Ooh, look, washer and dryer. Meep, meep. Where are we going? Hawaii. Hawaii. Francis sits in the driver's seat and makes horn sounds. That night, everybody ritually burns some cardboard and applauds the ash. Later at the pork side... <laughs> Later at the pork side Vander Blues square dance... Hey, Fern, I'm Dave, an old man. Want to dance? Uh. No, thanks. It's only half an hour into the movie. I mean, yes. 
they dance. The next day, everyone agrees to go somewhere Fern isn't, and Fern waves goodbye as all the vans drive past her. <laughs> ah, alone at last. Fern sandpapers a table, drills holes in her door, and listens to tequila, the song. She sprays water on rocks, then buys some gemstones from hippies. She watches them play guitar and dick around for a bit. Hey, Fern. Oh, my name's Derek. Uh, you got a smoke? Oh, cool. Uh, I'll see ya. Fern gets a flat tire in the rain, so she goes to a van with a pirate flag on it. Hey, it's Fern Swanky. Didn't you see my pirate flag? Yeah, but my tire's flat and I don't have a spare. Any pirate would care. Yeah, fine, you can pay me back by helping me finish things up. Here, soak this sandpaper. It's called wet and dry. And then you put plastic over this and then you go over here. <laughs> oh, this is complicated. Also, your van looks ratty. Oh, she doesn't. She looks bad. I'll get my paint. Fran gargles after paying back the old woman, as it were, then plays her flute. Fran's flute playing is so atrocious it makes her take a shit in her bucket. She opens her sunroof. Woo! Phew! The Asian guy from Fargo nudges me excitedly. <laughs> that fucking guy. The next day... Oh, I love this chair! Take it! By the way, my arm skin here, that's petrified palm wood. And this is red, white, and ugh. She passes out. Francis revives her with water and acting. Don't worry. Fine, I'm Fern. I mean, doctors told me they accidentally removed my lung instead of the cancer. It spread to my brain. That's why my acting's so weird. I have seven or eight months to live. Oh, real good then. Speaking of, so can I have your seven-gallon bucket? Because mine's always full. Fern, let me tell you a story. I'm going to take my trip to Alaska and read Dr. Kevorkian's book. That's my bucket list. I heard it's a real page-turner. I'm going to be 75 this year. <sighs> Seen some pretty cool kayaks. <laughs> the neighbor just shut his door. Also, meet, also, I met the Moose family in Idaho. Oh, that was a classic saga. So they were six feet over my kayak. Hundreds of swallow nests just off the shores of Orion. Some Tom Hanks music starts playing. <laughs> when I come to... And when I stepped on those eggshells, I realized my life was complete. I was an old woman. I'd be perfectly fine dying right in that moment. But instead, here I am with you. Hopefully my friends will toss a rock in the fire in memory of me saying all this. I assume rocks burn. Later, asshole! <laughs> she drives off honking. Francis looks at old pictures of strangers and listens to music from the 30s. Because she polished off tequila, so she went backwards. She lingers over the photo of bearded Scorsese. I think she befriends a new old woman. A little unsure. As she shaves the old woman's head. And I always wanted to put my thumb on his morphine drip. If that's not love, you betcha. Oh, you guys sound great, Fern. Later, asshole! The new old woman drives off in the that night, the old man from Poltergeist 2 plays piano and sings about death. Fern screams at a forest, watches a bull's testicles, walks in some water, and floats nude. Richard Jenkins' character from Burn After Reading nudges me excited. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there's something for everyone. 
nomad land <laughs> if you're a McDormand. <laughs> he hadn't been that turned on since uh, Kathy Bates and uh, about Schmidt. The next morning, she tries to fob off a thermos of coffee on everybody. Oh, hey, Fern. Ugh. I have your can opener, okay? Yeah. Real good, then. Please, Fern, go away. Hey, Fern, you might want to put on gloves. We have people from all over the world, including Cleveland. Fern and her old women friends ride around in a golf cart and go, We be the bitches of the Badlands! <laughs> Tom, some things are right from the movie, all right? I don't really need I, that to That literally happened. You're that correct. happens in the film. That's right. They giggle over a guy's moldy head and throw it in the trash. Oh, excuse me, Ms. McDormand? Uh, my power is out here, and I'm trying to have my daughter's birthday party. I don't know you, but you're a celebrity. Uh, maybe, no. Fern and her friends play Silence of the Lambs with cucumber slices on their faces. Then they tour some ruins. Francis wanders off and walks around the rocks and promptly gets lost. <laughs> hey, Fern, find anything interesting? Ugh. Rocks. Yeah. James Franco's arm from 137 hours touches me excitedly. <laughs> that night at a bar. To the airship! Yeah! Hey, Fern, check out these blueprints. This is a house that I'm going to build out of tires. I'm going to leave it to my grandchildren. Oh, I can't wait to see their faces when they find out that's their inheritance. They hug. I sigh at Tom. The next morning... Hey, Fern, uh, I know you love the taste of tar... Uh, so I got you these licorice sticks. Uh, oh, hey, where do you want these plates? Whoa, God, oh, plates. Oh, Jesus, fuck. Oh, God, wow. Damn it, Dave. Go over there. Stay over there. Oh, God. Francis glues all her plates back together into one jagged super plate and sighs with relief. She looks out and gets a job cleaning men's room toilets. Oh, uh, we're closed. Uh, yeah, um, sir. Oh, the urinals are on that wall. Um, uh, later. <laughs> so, Fern, are you married? Oh, I am, but my husband died. I'm not familiar with the term widow. <laughs> Your wedding brings a circle, which means your love never ends. You couldn't take it off if you tried. I notice you're always trying. Meanwhile, at a hospital. Yeah, I'm afraid your uh, klutzy licorice enthusiast friend has a case of diverticulitis. Um, he had surgery, but it won't have any effect on the story at all. You can just go in and talk to him. Here, Dave, I know you like meat, so I brought you animal crackers and these noodles. She hands him some cigarettes. These are my favorites. By the way, they might have extra parking at Van World. Fran and Dave uh, luck out again and work at a South Dakota restaurant called Wall Drug. <laughs> Since she had such a nice meal there right before the flute scene. They watch an alligator get irritated at them, then barbecue, <laughs> eat it with salad that night, and stare at rocks. <laughs> then they hang out by a chain-link fence next to a plastic dinosaur. Hey, everybody, oh, gather round. It's time for Dave's Science Corner. <laughs> See up there? That's the star of Vega, but it's 24 light years away. So you're looking at light right now from 1987. Oh, look at it like that. 
Everyone groans disappointedly. And that's Jupiter. Uh, yeah, parts of it, or rather unrelated stars, landed on this planet and became part of you. Think about that the next time you smell Fran filling her bucket. Everybody chuckles politely. Dave's son visits the bar, also known as Wall Drug. <laughs> Man, I've been through here a couple times. Whew. Can't believe anyone would ever want to live here. You know where I prefer? AA meetings. Oh, how's the burger? Not that hard to make a burger. God. Later, Dave shows Fern pictures of strangers he keeps in his wallet. And uh, this is someone either fat or about to have a baby. You'll be a grandma. Yeah, my son hates me because I was in a mine once. Don't think about it, Dave. Just be a grandmother. Want to come with me? Ugh. Maybe I can visit sometime? Uh. He frowns at her air quotes. Dave tries to throw a brick with a love letter through her van's window, but gets tired and just leaves it on her porch and drives off, forgetting to even write the note. The dinosaur stares at us. Fran takes a picture of herself with a Mount Rushmore made out of semen. She walks around empty streets at night. No takers. She gets a job putting sacks of potatoes in a rock crusher. She tries to go see the Avengers, but the times don't work out for the schedule. <laughs> she looks at shells. She eats a pizza. She listens to a guy go, And this G tattoo is for the letter G. I used to live there. One night, Dave knocks on her van. Hey, you can't sleep here! Oh, shit. Now her van won't start. Later. Uh, yeah... Yeah, so you're looking at uh, 2,300 parts in labor, um, and your van with its mileage is worth uh, $16.80, $16 just to clarify. But I live in it. Later on a payphone. But why can't you just wire it to me? Quit being such a bitch. I think you're being a bitch. You're a bitch. Fucking bitch. <laughs> Later at her sister's house, also named Fern. Hi, Fern. Oh, oh, that doorbell works. You don't need to. Okay, that's. Oh, I didn't hear it. So, hey. Hi. Remember when I called you a bitch last night? I'm here now. They have a barbecue. Did I ever tell you how my sister met George? I set them up. Yeah. Yeah, Fran was there. Anyway, like I'm always telling, uh, what's your name? Oh, yeah, Fern. This firm here in bed, uh, real estate. Woo! It always ends up on the big side. Woo! You're evil. Uh, okay. You know, I think Fern's doing what the pioneers did. I think she's great. Fern, move in with us. That's what the pioneers would do. <laughs> the husband does a spit take. Fern's all ugh. That night. Oh, Fern, Fern, Fern. You married Bo after only a few months, and he sucked. That's why I can't come here. Oh, Vern. You know, when we were growing up, you were eccentric, but that just meant you were honest. Before I could see myself. I needed that in my life, and you're my sister. You left a big hole by leaving. That one's on me. The next day, Fern sees the hippie by a campfire that she met earlier, so she gives him their sandwich. <laughs> hey, McDormand. Hey. Oh, yeah, you, you gave me that, uh, took Pope 
back in the port side, bro. So here, I'm gonna pay it back, bro. Oh, thank you. This is a cool lighter. What's this stone? Uh, uh, that round plastic right there, that's a dinosaur bone. I was told. Uh, I believe it. Your family misses you, obviously. You've got a girlfriend? Uh, uh, I write letters to her. She's in the North Country. I don't know. Did you ever try poems? Did you ever try poems? I don't. Did you ever try poems? I don't know. How about my wedding vows? Oh, I don't want. Should I get a pen first? <clears throat> Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Rough winds be temperate. Short leaves all too hot a date. Sometimes too late a golden shower, from fine by declines to nature's chasing course undimmed. But thine summer shimmer sour thou owest shalt not fade, nor thou owest, nor shalt shallow death brag thou walkest in shade, when eternal times thou growest so long as this gives life to thee. Oh, thanks. I'll send her that. It's so <laughs> She stares at some redwoods. Her expression's all, you remind me of my bucket. She drives past the sun. It looks tired. Later. Fern, you made it. Oh, this is Emily, my daughter. Hey, everybody, this is Fern. After reading. Hey, uh, I'm a random character. How was your drive? <laughs> Scary at the end. I'll introduce you to my van later. Uh... You been on the road, Lolid? <laughs> Someone hands her a baby. Uh-oh, uh-oh, baby, uh-oh. Dave, I saw you had a flat tire on your van out there. That's, that means you're never moving again or driving. Oh, well, you could... Good, because I need to do laundry. That night, while Dave holds a screeching baby... Oh, Fern, uh, we have a guest house. I like you. I like being around... <laughs> Oh, dear, dear, little fucker. I like being a rat. Oh, you cock-blocking little. Okay. Here, you take it. Ugh. You know, friend, sometimes you get an ocean. You jump into the ocean. Bye. The next day, Fern bores a horse by wiggling hay at it, then bores a dog by standing next to it. That night, they eat the dog for Thanksgiving with some corn. Ooh, boy, is this salt moist. Thank you, James. Welcome to Fern, feasting on family. New ones and guess the old one. <laughs> they toast the glasses super hard. Ah, the bells of Asante. You have to see the movie. This will be funny if you see it. I promise. Later. I like that name, Empire. Yeah, the first one was just called Star Wars, or as Tom calls it, F4. Anyway, we were right on the edge of town. Desert, 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 all the way to the mountains. Nothing. Garbage. That's the end of my anecdote. I'm really glad you're here. Dave likes you. He said no one can fill a seven-gallon bucket half so fast. Fern watches Dave play piano. 
Later, as thunder booms, Fern sits at a table and does nothing. She drives off in the rain while rain piano plays. <laughs> she looks at some ocean in the rain, goes to a cliff, pretends she's DiCaprio and Titanic, goes back to Amazon, does jigsaws during laundry, lights a sad sparkler, and twirls it around a trailer park at dusk alone on August 3rd. Happy New Year! Everybody, no one? No? Okay. Then she goes to What's-Her-Name's Campfire Memorial. Here. Because she loved rocks. We're gonna burn one. As if we hate them. Kind of a weird way to memorialize her. But I'm gonna sit down now. Thank you. Ryan Gosling. Uh, the moon movie. See you down the road, asshole. I mean, Pearl. What was her name? Fern gets up and throws Dave's war medals that she stole into the fire. The next day, oh, Dr. Nomadland, Bo loved Empire, so I can never leave. It's like my dad used to say, what's lives remembers. I can relate. Fern, I rarely ever talk about my son, but today would be his 33rd birthday. And five years ago, he took his life. <laughs> we weren't very close. So some days, that's all I've got remembering him dead but he was a waiter and i realized i could honor him by serving people because as vin diesel taught us there's never a final goodbye just say i'll see you down the road it's a little longer kind of might be bullshit sometimes sometimes it's years but i can be certain in my heart i'll see my son again and you'll see Bo again and then i'll see paul walker again it's gonna be awesome or I'm really super high right now, and I never actually had a son. Fern nods disinterestedly and drives through some snow to the storage unit. Uh, you sure you don't need any of this? Not even this box of money addressed to you from your husband? Not one thing. I'm good. Fern visits someone's empty house. Then she gets bored and goes outside. Snow piano plays. She drives towards some mountains. Some words are all dedicated to the film crew members who had to depart after the rap party. See you down the road. Beside me, Kerouac's all. You call this mescaline? Um, so look, I'm not yes. saying it's a riot, but come on. What do you want from me? Kelly one. your synopsis was bleaker than the actual movie. <laughs> okay, good. That I feel my work here is done. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm glad it's over. Whew. Well, Kelly Wand, I want to know like in a minute. This. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, what? What were you going to say? Mm. Just to have a lot of respect for you. That's what I was going to say. Just to really, really respect your taste. If I did what? If you thought this was a very moving tale. Oh, uh, no, the synopsis I thought was very bleak. The movie itself, um, critically acclaimed, of course. 93, uh, 94. Yeah, got to do that. You're not going to be a seven percenter, are you, Tom? Um, I think I am. I did I not I care feel... for this. Uh, is it us? Is oh, whoa, 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 whoa! You can't. You got to. No, I need you. Well, to, I mean, I really to... liked it. You're an idiot. Yeah, That's there you go. Good writing. I need you to champion this. Here's my problem, Kelly Wan. You, you. Uh, so let me give you an over and under. Uh, then I want to hear your over and under, and then we'll open the floor. Um, my over is. Uh, a Kelly Reichardt movie called Wendy and Lucy. Have you seen that, by the no, way? No, I've only and seen so, Cutoff. Uh, it, it predates Me Meek's Cutoff. It was back in the days when I think Old Joy was one of her first movies. Um, 
Wendy and, and Lucy. Then probably Wendy and Lucy, then makes cutoff. Um, but Wendy and Lucy is basically a, about... It's not about homelessness, but it's about a character who is uprooted. Uh, and the Lucy of the title is her dog. Um, it's basically this movie, if Frances McDormand had been younger and had accepted the dog early on in the movie. Uh, and they both, it, it's, it's, it's quintessential Kelly Reichardt. I mean, I'm 99% positive it's shot and set entirely in Oregon. Uh, and it's uh, Michelle Williams, uh, very, very art house, slow, um, kind of episodic, a picaresque, picaresque cast. Um, but a similar movie. It's it's a, an uprooted woman dealing with this nomadic lifestyle. And the, the fundamental tension in Wendy and Lucy is that she doesn't have any permanence in her life. There's no permanent location. So the dog is, it kind of provides that for her. And the tension in the movie is how is she going to provide for this dog? Uh, there's other things going on. But I really like Wendy and Lucy as an example of this kind of uprooted aimlessness that is also in Nomadland. Um, my under is uh, Sean Penn's adaptation of the uh, Christopher McCandless story called Into the Wild, which is similarly about a character who becomes disillusioned with society. Uh, he sets out uh, to live amongst nomads and he ends up uh, making a bad decision and dying in the wilderness. I don't care for Into the Wild. Was Sean Penn? Uh, didn't he direct it? I don't know. I'm 99% right. positive Sean Penn directed I might it. Be, yeah. I'm probably dumb. Yeah. But I don't care for that movie because I don't feel like it sufficiently justifies or explains, and this is a situation with the book as well, what Christopher McCandless is, uh, what drove him to make these bad decisions. Like, I don't, yeah, you're right. I'm dumb. Uh, so I, I feel that that's a fairly uh, weak iteration of this kind of story. Uh, and this movie, I my main problem with it. Uh, is I just don't think it really... Well, you know, we'll talk about it. Uh, but I, I did not care for this. Uh, Kelly Wan, what's an over and an under, and, and what would be your overall assessment? Um, My over is the straight story about a guy who's kind of taking a little road trip oh, right, on right. his own. And, I've never uh, actually seen that, and that's kind of really? famous for being, ironically, the, the strangest... Yeah, his strangest movie, because it is most normal, right? It's super normal, and I really liked it, and I think it it holds up well against this movie because I found uh, what's his name, Richard Farnsworth. Richard Farnsworth's character was very appealing in that movie. I found oh, I thought I didn't really. I thought it was also like a non-actor, but it's an actual. It was drunk. his last movie, and he shot it when he was dying, and ah. then he took his own life with a shotgun afterwards, like Hemingway. He's Jeez. badass, dude. But he. But it's about a dying man making a last trip. So there, it, the fact that you know the actor, it has a different texture if you know that, that the actor is undergoing something similar. But By the way, Kelly Wand, I will say there's a, there's a similar dynamic in um, Wendy and Lucy with Michelle Williams and, and Heath Ledger's death, I think. Yeah. Not that I've seen the movie, but it sounds legit. Well, it's just you watch Michelle Williams in something uh, – where, where you can tell she's just putting a lot in the acting and that kind of looms over it is that she suffered this real world tragedy like i imagine that looms over watching straight story as well uh i don't like my under i was trying to think of a replacement 
<laughs> What's a movie, Kelly One, that's not quite as good as Nomadland then? All right, this is a really bad choice. I just it made sense to me when I picked it, but now looking at it, I really uh what's like a bad movie with about poor old people all right the what i have yeah. is cocoon 2 the return <laughs> which is worse than this movie I, uh, I believe that and i haven't even seen it yeah sure yeah. that makes sense yeah there's less going on but um I didn't like Nomadland. I found it a really tough watch, and I liked okay. the acting even as I found it inauthentic. All right, well, let's talk about this then. So uh, you had a problem with the authenticity of the acting. I know that a friend of ours emailed us. I don't know. If his name is Tony. We did a podcast for uh, – what did we make him watch? That Chris Hemsworth action thing, right? Is Extraction. that right? Yeah. yeah, we made him watch Extraction. Wow. We, we're, did we're... we made Bruce watch Blood Quantum. That, 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 that I'm okay with, but making Tony watch yeah. uh, Extraction, that's okay. Well, uh, so that's our friend a... Tony, we made uh, – no, we made he, – he watched this, and he then emailed us and said, hey, there's spoilers in here. Don't read it until you've watched the movie. Uh, and he basically had a similar complaint where he thought that Francis McDormand and David Strathern, uh, if I'm recalling correctly what he wrote, that they really stood out against the other – members of the quote-unquote cast because I, I guess they weren't authentic, uh, as you seem to be alluding. Or He didn't feel that – he felt that they stood out as celebrities, if I recall correctly. I like Strathern, actually, but I didn't like Francis. So you actually you, – and you say that it felt inauthentic. Explain that. She just seemed posed. It just seemed like artfully composed sadness. And I liked the – there's something there's some things I did like about her performance, I should clarify. Uh -huh. I liked the ending. I liked that she was she wasn't redeemed. I kind of like that. I like the the audacity of that. The um, character arc really is kind of a reset to to the beginning in a way. Yeah. Right. I, I, I liked that as well. I like that a lot. Let me ask you this and maybe this will be this kind of argues to my point. Uh -huh. But I might be wrong. Maybe I'm just way off track. Um but I found her character not appealing at all. I found her very unlikable and kind of selfish and kind of bead and uh i don't know if that was intentional or not now when you say selfish and mean what uh can you think of examples she asked for the money she i don't know she just seems to she seemed like a bit of a user i thought she would come into people's lives oh with her sister you're talking about i, yeah, I see what you're totally saying i see what you're saying right right well i i think partly what's going on is i think and I don't. I, and I, I hate to turn down the dog. It made me it totally turn me against her. How dare you? Oh, really? Now well, I really want you to see Wendy and Lucy because part of my tension in Wendy and Lucy is why are you trying to care for an animal if you can't care for yourself? And I, I kind of applauded that Fern did not take the dog because she knew she couldn't take care of it. Like I, I felt like if she can barely fend, if she can barely provide for herself, why try to provide for an animal? Okay, that's not the and, takeaway of that scene. The takeaway is she pets the dog sparingly like she can't bear to be around it. For no, no, it's difficult for her. And I, I thought of this, by the way, because a lot of the people in that nomad culture seemed to have dogs. Right. And and I kind of thought, well, I mean, well, the, the, the whole question of this culture and discussion of it is, is something I want to table that because I do want to talk about Frances McDormand. Um, but uh, so so you turned against her when she wouldn't take the dog. Uh, you kind of felt she was a user. Um, she looked uh, like she didn't uh, know how to fix boxes at Amazon. She gets lost among the rocks. Like, what are you 
No, yeah. okay, fair enough. Sure, sure. I can like see, like yeah. y- 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 Lost. Here's the thing: Lost Souls are good at something. Like they'll have they'll have one environment that they excel in or something. Like it'll be the desert or it'll be their <laughs> van even. But she had nothing. She had no skills at anything. Let me, she let had me to tell- be taught everything, and it was just it, it felt like an empty vessel. Like that, every character she met, like nothing that happened before the movie made any impact on her except her husband's death. Well, first of all, she, I think the movie picks up with her beginning this this lifestyle and having to learn it as she goes. So I completely agree with you that she wasn't necessarily good at this. Uh, it reminds me a lot. Did you see Wild with Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, I liked it. That's it a reminds me over. And it reminds me of that because Wilde also begins with her exploring this lifestyle that she has no familiarity with and yeah. becoming increasingly adept with it over the course of the movie. And she um, was a flawed character, and, and her adventures varied. While as in well, this, it was kind of the same thing over <laughs> Well, here's, here's the thing. I think Wilde is very much about uh, human relationships, and it makes a movie like Wilde stronger. It, it, and, and it makes a movie – uh, like Chloe Zhao's first movie, The Writer. The Writer is premised on human relationships and how they affect each other. Uh, I think that a fundamental issue with why I didn't really tap into Nomadland, because I, I liked Frances McDormand's performance for a reason I'll talk about in a minute, but a fundamental issue I have with Nomadland is it's about someone who is avoiding those kinds of deep connections. Uh, right. who doesn't have the deep connections with other characters. Right, right, right. And that's difficult to watch. Like, like Nebraska. Nebraska's a good example, but uh, I think of a movie like um, All is Lost, where there's no other characters. Robert uh, Redford has this problem, and it's about him tackling the problem. Yeah, you but know, that has nothing to do with his personality. Right, right. That's a survival drama. This is not a survival drama. This is a woman basically running away from connections, uh, yeah. opting for a nomadic... Um, lifestyle she keeps getting offered them she keeps getting right and people offer to let her she's given options to get away from this lifestyle that she doesn't take she's obviously connected to it and i I think that that is in a way that's challenging to make a compelling watch out of that absolutely and so that's my bigger issue so go ahead sorry i cut you off well, no, I just I agree. I like that that yeah. it doesn't take the redemption arc. Like she, by the end, she's still right, right. Okay, and I but like it, that. But, but a, a movie where you watch characters connecting with each other is inherently compelling, and there's not really any of that here because, and here is my, here is why I think that Frances McDormand is really good in this movie. This movie consists largely of non-actors, which is fine. Yeah. But it asks an actor to interact with them, and for the most part, the interaction isn't necessarily the kind of back and forth that really good actors have or that non-actors have with each other. It's Frances McDormand listening to people, and she's good at it, but it's not as compelling as her interacting with people, either fake or real. Um like That's if this a, movie had been about her relationship with David Strathairn's character as, as right. like an arc or a through line right, or right, something right. that we develop or that's consistently present on screen, yeah. I think as a story that would have worked for me better. But watching Frances McDormand be empathetic and listening, that's great and I applaud that, but I just don't think it's much of a foundation for a, a dramatic movie. The, the, okay, I liked that too and it would have been enough to carry me and love her performance except she had – 
getting back to what I said before, there was nothing unique about her. Like she didn't have any particular passion. Like the I guess the rocks a little bit, but like yeah. the rock lady had rocks, but Frances McDormand was only listening. Like there was nothing she didn't have any particular passion or hobby or I language. cannot tell you, Kelly Wan, how bummed I am that you have not seen Chloe Zhao's first movie. Because <laughs> because the writer is all of it's all about Specifics. one guy's passion well it's it's very specific it's about relationships it doesn't star any actors yeah. and that's what like like one of the most gratifying movie moments i've had in the last 10 years and i don't say this lightly is watching the writer and i'm going to go ahead and say this because it's it's kind of a spoiler but if you don't know this by now it's your fault for not having seen the writer by now but watching that movie when the credits rolled, discovering that the actor playing the father, the son, and the daughter, the brother and sister, are actually father, son, and daughter. That they're mm-hmm. actually a family. That the Land, uh, Landro, uh, I forget their names, but uh, and 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 real and having this moment at the end of the movie, and realizing that's why this is so compelling. None of these people are actors, but that's why they're so good at interacting with each other and why it's really fascinating to watch them on screen together. Um, because Lily, by the way, one of them is developmentally disabled, and I, I really wish that Christian could have uh. talked about how he felt about her being in the movie because we'd had that discussion before. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it feels really safe watching her knowing that that's really her father and that's really her brother. Um, well, now and I have to see it. It, it really is amazing. And, and furthermore, the, the guy is so good at uh, – he, he tames horses. And the scenes of him on screen with a horse are so – I mean it's Those deeply moving. Well, I mean they're critical. It's, it's really moving watching him with his family. It's also really moving watching him – with another injured uh, rodeo performer who who's brain who's severely brain damaged and disabled watching his compassion and his empathy and his obvious care for this guy and of course learning afterwards that the guy that that was an actual rodeo performer who was reduced to this state from, from a it wasn't a rodeo injury but it was a car wreck i think um but then what's amazing and what gets to your point about Francis McDormand not really having any notable skill or, or anything here. Or Watching him with a horse. What, there's a scene where he has to tame, where he has to calm down a nervous horse. And in any other movie, that would be a highly trained movie horse, and that would be an actor who was told, okay, by the, the horse's owner or tamer or whatever here's how to interact with the horse but you know watching the rider that this is really a skittish horse that doesn't want anyone near it and this is really a guy walking up to it who's expressing empathy and who's reaching out to this enormous upset beast and calming it down and it's staggering to watch this on screen and all the authenticity that Chloe Zhao brings to it. You probably can't fake that. He pro- he you cannot, Kelly Wand, and that's what's amazing about that movie. So when you drop Frances McDormand in with these people with these stories and this lifestyle, I feel like it's not it, – it, it's not it, – it's nowhere near the accomplishment that she did with the writer. And it's just kind of like – wrote filmmaking in a way is let's have these interesting people and let's have this actor kind of tease stories it out looks of them fine on paper and she's a really right. good actress so and then chloe has a great director by the way and i think yeah. the movie looks good yeah uh i do have an issue and you called this out several times in the synopsis and i'm glad you did uh i thought the music in nomadland was really overblown and saccharine yeah. and there is none of that in the writer by the way it's not the same composer so i feel like chloe Zhao was steered 
was given I, I think she the soundtrack for Nomadland didn't do it any favors. Little things added up that were turning me against the movie and the music was one of them. And another and maybe this is what you were talking about tabling. You don't want to get into this yet, but like this whole idea of virtuous Yeah. Like let's, uh, yeah. let's talk about this. This uh go ahead. Well, just fuck America for impoverishing old people. Like I can't get around. I can't like go. Oh, look at that's look at look look what a cuddly culture this is. It just makes me angry, and it distracts me. It makes me go. Someone. It's just this ongoing national disgrace, longstanding and ongoing, of just the fact that people are that screwed. Like she's an intelligent woman who has like a I assume a decent work record, and she can't. I don't know. Like at the beginning, we just get that thing about the U.S. gypsum closing its zip code. Right. right. So wait, that happens all the fucking time. You did or didn't like this about the movie? I didn't. Okay. Because I, I, um, I, I, we're talking about different things. No, 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 no. Because I totally get what you're saying. Because it, it's a, um, th- this movie reminded me a lot of. Uh, do you know many Ken Loach movies that uh, that social? I mean, he, he's he's a uh, apolog- apologist for socialism in the UK. He does a lot of these social critique movies. Um, Executions, everything. Like, like but, but I feel like this. This like, is a, no. this movie. <laughs> I feel like this movie is social criticism, and right. I feel like there's not in. I, I don't feel like there's a lot of that nah. in American filmmaking. Certainly not in studio f- filmmaking. Um, we like Hillbilly Elegy, which. Uh, well, uh, is a sponsor this this week. Hillbilly Elegy, the Ron Howard thing from from JD Vance, is oh, that's a real movie. Oh, it's atrocious. I mean, I uh, read the book too. I hate that guy's book. Why that are guy, we pitch? Why are we plugging it? Why do we plug something we want? People uh, it's our it's our sponsor from Netflix. It, they're they're sponsoring the podcast. They're paying this. Yeah, yeah, they're it's paying for this podcast it. for the bandwidth. No, it's uh, okay. It, it's really me making fun of it. Hillbilly Elegy is terrible, and it, it was a terrible book to begin with. J.D. Vance is—he's uh, all in you for Trump now. Read a terrible now. book and then watched a movie based well, on. Well, the, the book—the the book was uh, before Trump was elected. Like the book uh, okay. was was sold as um, a, a social critique from a conservative thinker. Right. And I, I, I would be interested in that, but it wasn't. It, I mean, all the book is is garden variety Republican bootstrapping. Like it's trash. Uh, and and it, I'm not the least bit surprised this guy turned out to be an all-in Trump supporter. Like none of that surprises me. And the fact that Ron, not even Ron Howard, could make a good movie out of his junk doesn't surprise me at all. Social, right. socially critical movies. I, I love that sort of thing, and I li- I loved that about this. But movie. they have to be brutal. Um, I don't think they necessarily – I mean there is a kind of brutality in this I, I think because I, I felt horrible for – no, no, because the brutality in this Kelly Wand is I don't feel like any of those nomads needed to live that lifestyle. Right. I believe that, they're, that they right. should all have been cared for by some sort of social, right. social safety net, yes. and I feel like some of them were voluntarily opting out. But I also feel like some of them don't understand or, the, or they live in the wrong place. Like I live yeah. in California and right. I owe my life to the social safety net. If I were to live in Wyoming, I would probably be dead. And that's yeah. not – I mean th- I mean that literally. Uh, yeah. I'm from Arkansas. Like if I, if I lived in Arkansas still, I would probably – I don't know that – the social safety net – It matters. It does matter. It matters a lot. And so I feel the brutality in this movie is looking at those people and realizing that a lot of them don't have the available social safety net because of where they live. 
And what were their political leanings? The movie doesn't get into that, but I, you know, I mean, I will you get bet the you're... leaders you vote for. I right, and, and that's the thing is I I, I, I found myself watching the movie thinking, how do they vote? <laughs> like, right. I and they're uh, in South Dakota. Yeah, well, they're, and that's I mean, Celtic for Trump. So there's well, they, Trump. well, not not necessarily how do they vote, like who do they vote for, but physically, if they don't have a home address, if they're just driving around in a van all the time, like how do they vote? Right. I, and I don't mean who do they vote for. And they how vote. are they part of the political process? Right. Um, because I want them to be. I, I I feel like they should be. I mean, ideally, the the bigger issue is they also need to be well informed. A democracy is only as good as it as it knows what the it's doing. The implication is that they are well informed. So there's that's an interesting dissection. It's like, oh, look, the nomads, like they're all very practical people and pragmatic. And this is how, this is the right. bucket. And this is where you stealth park. Like everything's tactical. So they're smart people. They're not. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The movie I agree with that. Holds them in high esteem intellectually, except for Francis. Well, and I wonder, too, how much of it is romanticizing them. Also, like how much of this movie is is lionizing them by applauding this this lifestyle and living Gung off of the grid. spirit, watch it, look on down the road. Yeah, it's because uh, I think it is. I think it kind of is, and that that tempers the brutality that you're talking about. Um, in, in a way, Kelly one uh, cook a mushroom. Oh, oh, leave leave no trace, which is which is exactly. Go. I'm so glad you mentioned that because Deborah no Granick, that is a that's a, that movie is a social criticism right. about someone who is eligible and who's actually a participant in the social safety network. That's my over. And <laughs> tragically opts out. Right. And and that is what, in a way, I think that Chloe Zhao is re- refraining from judgment about this lifestyle. Uh, Deborah Granick made it clear that that uh, that Ben Foster's character. Is 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 missing out on help he can get, and he's dragging his daughter with him. And that movie is the arc about how his daughter escapes that. Right. Um, but he's lost to it, and it's it's very very poignant. It's very that, powerful stuff. That dynamic is not covered in this movie. Right. Exactly. Because again, I feel that Chloe Zhao is sort of torn between like, here's this really weird, cool community. I want to I, I want to acknowledge them, and in the process, she ends up kind of lionizing them. Without examining um, how they got there, what they're like, and and yeah, like yeah, exactly, yeah. Because um, I I just felt like it, and I'm genuinely curious, like what those people sure. are. like. Do they man fucking Trump, man fucking Biden? Like, are they super political? And like, that's why we did. This. So here's my guess, Kelly Wand, is there's no there's really the conventional wisdom is there's no such thing as blue and red. There's rural, rural and urban. Uh, and I'm guessing you would find a lot of Trump supporters in that group. Um, I also wondered uh, how are like where are they getting their information? Right, because they don't. Uh, they they seem to get reality and like their vans. Like okay, yeah, this is how you survive the winter. This is where and and Facebook the green and stuff book. too. Like right. are they are they yeah, using? They they are, they are using. There's a reference. Right, right. Like they're they're part of social media. Yeah, they're part. Of um, so I, I'm guessing a lot of them would so be. So they're they're less sell or they're bigger sellouts than I am because I'm not even on Facebook. <laughs> you you sh- fucking sh- corporate shills. In, of no but I, I feel like the beginning of the movie too, like uh, it's kind of chilling, and I think the movie acknowledges this, and it comes around to to showing you closely at the end of the movie this idea that um, a, an entire zip code. Yeah, the town really can be wiped out when a when with an economic downturn. I mean, there's that's, also COVID 
would like these people are the safest in a way, or at least safe, the safest because they're in the desert. Um, like, right, they're in the desert and they're kind of isolated in a way. Yeah, like it would be. Let me tell you, the movies about people in 2020 are going to be so weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is one uh, yeah. of them. Oh no, this is a period piece. Uh, I don't think so. No, 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 you're wrong. I remember now because uh, the Avengers, a eh? that's true, right. and there's an Obama reference. Oh no 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 you're right and it's very specific to the economic Obama, downturn. We'll get a second. No 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah, it is a period piece. But it so definitely predated is... COVID is what I'm saying though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh did, I forgot you got out of the Trump thing. Because why didn't you? Oh no no right but the nomad still exists though and it's still a lifestyle. I imagine that that after my guess and I don't know for sure is that after Chloe Zhao, Zhao made the writer uh at some point she discovered these people was fat because she also she wasn't part of the rodeo culture that the writer is about like that's something and i think she's a documentary filmmaker that's something that she was Researched. exploring uh and so this is the same thing with with nomadland is she was exploring this this life i think she's a great filmmaker and... oh she's an amazing filmmaker and i cannot tell you how nervous i am that she got snapped up by the marvel thing i mean what? i don't for what yeah, she, uh the eternals i don't even know who the eternals are uh... Mm, they're third stringers, but they're really powerful. But they're boring. I mean, Spoiler hopefully, I, 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 they're very blonde. <laughs> so who, who's in them? I think yeah, would Black I know? Bolt, there's a guy named Blackbolt, and if he talks, it, it, oh, it, those are the Eternals. Yeah, I get it mixed up with the Defenders. Oh wait, the so who's the like is the Medusa chick, the lady with the the sentient red hair? Is she one of them? Yeah, I think so. Oh my God! That's the Eternals. Yeah, She'll, Ruby Rose make good Medusa. Right? Uh, Ruby Rose makes a good nothing. <laughs> She's so terrible. I thought you liked her. Uh, I tried you know, like, after the Triple X movie. I was all Hermione Corfield, and you were all Ruby Rose. Oh. Ruby Rose is is. I was all no Hermione Corfield. Her three seconds on screen. Now Ruby Rose. Oh, Fever. Kelly, one check out uh, the CW Batwoman that she was. That in. turned you against her. I remember. But before that, you liked her. Really no, no, I like. I mean, I liked her. With, you rooted with, for her. Now you rooted against her. As as a presence in movies, she was great. And I remember predicting that she would have her own action vehicle. Uh, then you got I, it and hated it. Yeah, I think she's – well, it's a, it was terribly written, and I think she's a terrible actress. I feel bad for her. Um, but she looks awesome, and I hope she can do more. Like, you hated the girl in Shifter way more than I did too. I didn't even – I was like – I was really caught up in the plot, and I was really baked. And you were like, no, oh, terrible actress ruins the – I did think she was terrible, yeah. I mean, that's hard to do, though, if you're doing a small indie movie that's really focused on one character. Uh, you got to be careful about like your Nomadland? character. Land? I... Sift is my other over for Nomadland. Boom. I just feel... Everybody loved this. I, I wish I'd... Because it's have... virtuous. It's virtuous. To yeah, I guess to so. Love. You're supporting the poor by liking Nomadland. That's the implication, I think. But Francis McDormand, just... you know what? If she like, mm -hmm. okay, there's monologues in this movie. Those are, those are the things Tony Cardavalo was. Am I saying his name right? Cardavalo was He's upset a... about. Right, right. But like, Francis has no history. She's never talked about it. I mean, that's yeah, was... come on. Oh, no, nope, there are reveals not... about her history. Kelly Wand, how dare you? Eek, not good. What's the biggest one? I'll tell well, you. Why she why she didn't right. why she didn't leave Empire? Because he was because of him. Right. Oh, okay, Bechtel fail. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Give me some good writing, bad writing. All right, you ready for good writing, bad writing? Yeah. Enough All right, good. Talking good, about it. 
politics. And God. I got three lines for you, and we want to know if they're good writing, bad writing. But first, Kelly Wand, a disclaimer. Oh. Good, good writing, bad writing is not to be used in any fiduciary, financial, academic, or medical capacity. It's a strictly subjective enterprise based on the perspective of one person with an advanced degree in an unrelated field, but from an accredited institution of higher learning that happens to be Ivy League. Although the findings of good writing, bad writing are negotiable, all decisions are final, official, and binding. Kelly Wand, I'm going to read you three lines from Nomadland. This one's going to be tough, because there is a little bit of good writing in this. All right. You must tell me if they're good writing or bad writing. Here's the line that a character says when she's talking about her backstory. Plus, we disagreed on stuff, so your idea of good writing may be crazy. Okay, That's true. Yeah. So you reference this in the in the opsis, but there's a woman who says, <laughs> I didn't want my sailboat to be in the driveway when I died. <laughs> is that good writing? Well, first of all, don't laugh at this poor woman. Second of all, is that good writing or bad writing? I'm going to say bad writing, but I want you to tell me why I said it. Because <laughs> I can't um, I didn't, why, well, I don't know why you said that, because... It's great writing? That's good writing? Uh, it's, I, I thought it was good writing, because... Yeah. Uh, this she, is a, all right, hold on. I'm trying yeah, to try and predict why you're going to say it. Because sailboats and driveways, actually, <laughs> since the driveways angled, the wind resistance would actually help the sailboat. So it was really good writing. Okay, go. Uh, I think That's it's a kind prediction. of a poignant sentiment is realizing, look, I'm going to die and I've got my retirement all set up. Dude, that's uh, such a cliche old metaphor, the sailboat in the driveway. Come on. Demand more from your Nomad Land movies. God. And, however, uh, the point being that what's poignant and what, what makes this clever is that she's saying this out in the desert. And she acknowledges uh, – because the, 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 the whole monologue wraps up with, and it's not in the driveway. My sailboat's out here in the desert. Which is kind of uh, my dune buggy's in the ocean, Tom. Which is kind of an expression of the futility of this kind of thinking, uh, and I don't think it's intentional, by the way, because I actually question whether or not this is even writing, because what I'm guessing is that Chloe Zhao let these awesome. people tell their stories, oh. and that this is some woman, and I think it, it probably was some woman just telling her story. Um, so I, I like the idea that it, it's kind of inherently ridiculous that she's saying, I'm going to go travel around the desert because I didn't want to waste my sailboat. And she's dragging her sailboat along behind her. I just hey, like that detail. Hey, Tom, my rocket ship's at the Earth's core. <laughs> good writing. Kelly Wine, that's one you failed. It was good writing. You you chose bad writing, so you so far I have zero. Me. Out of why it made me points. laugh when I heard it? Because it seemed very cliche. Right. But – because she said it in a desert, you loved it. Because she then acknowledges the absurdity of having a sailboat in the desert, yes. All right, so absurdity is your zone. I will remember that going forward with this contest. I think well-written absurdity Bad. is always in my zone. Yeah, I, I appreciate – I, I think most – in any language. I think most absurdity is terrible writing. You could not get me – for instance, Beckett, I don't understand it. I don't get it. What's, what's that guy doing? Jeunet? Yeah. Don't understand it. Don't uh, take me to a Jean Genet play. Don't want to see the maids. Wait, um, you like Durang? I mean, is that absurdity, though? I don't know. There are absurd elements. Kelly Wan, let's get to the next uh, instance of writing in Nomadland. We need to figure out what your score is. Shit chat. Right, Ready? I'm on one. Yeah. When Frances McDormand goes into the really nice RV, she says, quote, it's like a disco, end quote. Is that good writing or bad writing? Let's see. She sang it in a desert, so that's another 30% upwards. So uh, – wait. I don't remember her – I need a little bit of help on this because I don't they, remember the visuals. When they, she go to, they go to the RV show. 
you know, it's the the Nomad show. It's like it's, some sort of expo. She's and they go into the new one. They go into a really nice new one where she does with all these amenities. And her first line upon seeing all these amenities in this nice new RV is, "It's like a disco." Uh, I think that's bad writing because I don't know what disco accoutrement she's seeing there. It's it's cramped and there's no ball on the. But it's not cramped. There is no ball on the ceiling. You are correct. But it's definitely not cramped. It's a nice, spacious RV with modern amenities. Yeah. So bad writing? Am I putting you down for bad or good writing? I think I'm going to stick with bad. I mean, it, okay. it can't be that spacious. Uh, I think it's good writing because it dates It dates her. She doesn't say it's like a nightclub. It's always the dumbest fucking reason. All right, go <laughs> well, on. Well, no, I think it's a character reveal. Like I, I feel like the, this this young people character, say disco. Nobody says disco anymore. What? Nobody nobody knows what the inside of a disco looks like. Tom, they disco say is nightclub, Kelly Wand. Disco is bad. Disco's groovy, man. No, I, and I also think it was. I, I don't. I would be curious if it was an, an improv line, also. Like, cause I feel like Francis McDormand. Discos are quite knavish, sir. Pardon? Discos are quite knavish. I was trying to be topical. Uh, I have not been Kelly Wand. I have never been in a disco. I don't believe that. Why would I have ever gone into a disco? Harvard Divinity School. Kelly Wand, I've been to a roller rink when I was in junior high. That's the closest I can come to a disco. See, I haven't done that. Yeah, because that has a glittery ball in it. All right, Kelly Wand, you have zero out of... It's not a disco without a glittery ball, though, so I stand by my bad writing. You're saying only old people say disco. No, I'm saying her... They remember disco. I'm saying her frame of reference for something swank is a disco because she probably hasn't been to some place like that and what's her last name the 70s uh swanky is a different character her name is fern we don't know her last name that was fern you, swanky no swanky is another one of the characters um linda may and swanky are and i actually looked this up so swanky at the end of the movie is dead and knowing what chloe zhao did with the writer i was worried that maybe this woman had died so i looked it up online and swanky the actual nomadic person who's a, a avid kayaker uh, seems to be alive and well so oh. all right well, now, Kelly that, now that scene has no emotional weight to it at all it's all it's, fake it's all yeah. fake yeah they threw rocks into a fire for no reason yeah. i got more authenticity from the plumber in universal soldier <laughs> <laughs> all right kelly one here's your last chance to win a point in this week's good all writing right. geography and age all right and the third thing the hypotenuse of your brain that considers prose. So Fern goes home and her sister Dolly says this, quote, I think that what the nomads are doing is not that different from what the pioneers did. I think Fern is part of an American tradition. I think it's great, end quote. Kelly Wan, is that good writing or bad writing? That's bad writing. That's not what the pioneers did at all. That's, pioneers were trying to find a home. You are correct. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's it. Pioneers were trying to settle, and they were braving horrible conditions to get there. The Correct. nomads are not settling anymore. That was an easy one. Correct. However, it is good, it right, is good writing. It is good writing because it's the said. It is said. What it's character development for how Dolly does not understand Fern. Uh. She's covering bad, for. Hold on, hold on. It's bad yeah. writing because Francis doesn't go. No, that's completely the opposite. 
Well, she, I mean, I think she, the thing is she's being rescued from creating an awkward situation with her brother-in-law. You know, they're talking about real estate, uh, and she sort of, uh, steps into their conversation and forget what she says, but he takes issue with it. Uh, and then she takes offense at him taking issue. The whole thing's going to escalate. And then Dolly steps in and says this to defend Fern. Uh, and I think Fern's glad to be extricated from this. What if the director agrees with the sister, Swanky? Swanky um, that is a good question. I, and I suspect she does. Um, but you're right that I don't think it's what the pioneers were doing. Like the moment that she says that, that was my initial thing about, no, that's not quite, you know, pioneers See, were not. Okay, so I went 0 for 3 on good writing, bad writing. But just know that when she said that line, that's the first thing I thought. What? Right, right. And then I got sidetracked but i think it does illustrate though how dolly lack does not understand what fern is doing or her lack of understanding of history and what pioneers were right sure maybe she, maybe she gets fern completely maybe she they does give that speech about a hole insider maybe they should go to see meek's cutoff instead of the avengers <laughs> yeah i love that that when I said she didn't have any passions for Francis McDormand, Fern Swanky, I was wrong. She did go at three in the morning to go see Avengers, but <laughs> too long. We actually don't know if she went into the theater. I would be curious. No, but she was curious. She went, oh, the Avengers is playing. Hmm. I'll better walk closer to this auditorium. So that's it. That's the closest she gets to us learning anything about her taste in art. Uh, we know that she in likes. Movies. We know, She'll see Avengers we know more about her taste in uh, in tableware than movies, correct? Super to the dishes. Autumn leaf. Smelled the pants. Yeah. He didn't leave her anything? Well, presumably, presumably there were more Complex. doodads in the in the Zipped storage her. unit. Yeah. No, I mean his insurance, because you know. Um was she a housewife, or did she work there? She worked there too, right? Well, she was a substitute teacher. Uh, yeah. Where her husband worked was... at a. Right, at right. A but isn't he? Plant, didn't yeah. he have like a thing, like an insurance payout? Um, I do not know. That is a good question. I don't know if that was mentioned. That's usually that. how that works. I'm no expert, but even in South Dakota. Yeah, I, I don't know what kind of life insurance they had, but. Bad writing. <laughs> good writing. So 0 for three. That's my first zero. Yeah, Kelly Wand. I don't know. Well, here's the Maybe thing. I'm not a good writer, Tom. No Nomadland has much to teach me. I, I I sort of take issue with the perspective that Nomadland is written from, but I think it's very well written. Like I I, I think as far as I like director, the organic. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's the thing. It's partly because it does feel unwritten Who a lot of the time. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, all I the... didn't like Profess. I didn't like Doctor Nomadland. I agree with Tony on him. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, he wasn't he, my favorite. He, he should have been really inspiring. He should have been. Ah, oh, he's got the answers. Well, here, here you go, Kelly Wand. Have you seen Sound of Thunder with uh, Riz Ahmed? Was that the dinosaur or Bradbury movie? No. Oh shoot. Uh, Sound of Metal. You're. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dumb. Sound of Metal's the movie. I'm thinking Sound of Thunder is the Bradbury dinosaur movie. Yeah. It's easy to mix up because Sound of Thunder doesn't imply dinosaurs or time travel. Well, the sound of metal also makes it sound like it's a m movie about a heavy metal drummer, which 
kind of is the, the, the starting premise. Um, but the, the point is... Uh, so you are weird. Sound of Metal... Thanks uh, for making my point. Or your point. Sound of Metal is another movie about someone coming into a unique community. And uh-huh. the, the, the lead in this community... Oh, like a coon to The Return. ...is played by a non-actor, and he was nominated for an Academy Award this year. The guy's amazing in, in Sound of Metal. Uh, I want to look up his name. Wait, why'd you talk about it again? Because the the Doctor Nomadland that you mentioned, like oh. I expect, I would expect that that he should be the spokesman for this nomad oh, lifestyle, right, 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 right. the same way that uh, Paul sure. Paul Rassi is the guy's name in Sound of Metal, the same way that Paul Rassi was the spokesman and the sort of the charismatic leader of the community uh, in Sound of Metal. Um, which is about a, a deaf community. Is the the Rizomet's character is a drummer, and he he loses his, he starts losing his hearing, and has to transition into whether or not to basically live as part of a deaf community. Um, the way Ryan Gosling was a spokesman for the LAPD and Gangster Squad. I thought you were going to say uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. No, they do not want it, their names associated <laughs> with that movie. At all. All right, Kelly Wand, uh, we've done a Nomadland podcast. Were you going to look something up? Paul Rassi. I was looking up the name of the guy that uh. was in Sound of, of Metal. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm so still I mean, five the, minutes behind you because I'm a shifter. The thing, right, you shifted back. If, if you've seen Sound, Sound of Metal, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about, though. The guy's outstanding in that. Sound uh, of Metal and Calls I'm supposed to watch, right? You have so much homework to do. Uh, you should see The Rider. Uh, calls I really liked a lot. It was the guy who Wendy did. Wendy and Lucy. Uh, Wendy and Lucy also, yeah. It's the, the, so Calls is the guy who did the Evil Dead remake, by the way, which isn't great. Don't let that tell you too much. Um, yeah, but, but Universal Soldier guy did Black Summer. He did, yes. So um, it only takes one movie to make or break a streak. Kelly Wan, what was your favorite of the four hours in the Zack Snyder recut of Justice League? Martha! Uh, they actually Did don't... you watch it? Shut up. Uh, Kelly Wan. <laughs> have wow. You seen... What, Wait, we what should... am I going to do? Of course I watched it. Why wouldn't I? Did you remember which one it was? That's the only reason I can think of for you it's, it's actually it. a, It's a very different movie. I mean, to its credit. Uh-huh. Uh, sure it is. I mean, it I'm not saying that like that's necessarily a good thing, but there's it's a very different movie from is the... It, okay, compare it to Suicide Squad, which you liked. So I actually started watching Suicide Squad after Justice League because I was curious, uh, uh, and I, I couldn't make it through Suicide Squad. I just how? was like, no, I just I, I give it up. through a Snyder joint. Well, the thing is, there's no need to watch Suicide Squad when you can instead okay. just watch Birds of Prey. That's true, but there's I don't know why you'd watch Justice League ever. Oh, because I wanted to see what Zack Snyder wanted to do. Um, what? And it what was, was different enough. Here, here you go, Kelly Wan. Here's the. You sound like you liked it, which is really weird. Oh God, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. But the first hour is if if you want to see the sucker punch treatment applied to Wonder Woman's Amazons. A little the bit. First, yeah, I do. The first, well, the first hour of Justice League is for you. Why? All right. I mean, it's just, it's just. Hot chicks in dumb outfits jumping around punching stuff. Including her or random? No, nah, because she's not with them. It, it's it's the backstory of how the... <laughs> I, I know this stuff now. It's the backstory of how the Amazonian mother box was lost to uh, Steppenwolf. I'm sorry, the Amazonian what? <laughs> Say it one more time. <laughs> the Amazonian... Ocean Lord what? <laughs> Ocean Lord says what? The Amazonian <laughs> what? 
the Unless... mother box. There are three mother boxes that Darkseed needs to unite. I'm sorry, Dark what? Dark side. I mispronounced it. It's dark side. Dark, dark side needs three mother boxes to procreate. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. To get Steppenwolf. He has to Amazons. bring the three mother boxes. Two. One of them is uh, under the under the ward of men. The other is under the ward of the Atlanteans, and the others under the, is the, the Amazonians have it. So, the movie begins. Yeah. With uh, yeah, Jackson. Superman's death, uh, oh, waking up the mother boxes, and they send a signal to Steppenwolf, who's going to retrieve them, and then bring Darkseid to Earth, where he's going to discover the anti-life formula, which is inscribed on the, pl- the surface of the planet. All of this is true. This is all stuff I learned watching a four-hour recut of Justice League. Bad writing. <laughs> Kelly Wan, I'm going to retroactively give you a point for that one. Yes. Uh, it's terrible writing. Board. It's terrible writing. But if you don't mind uh, having the male gaze fixed on your Amazons, uh, there's some value in the first hour. Well, I am a male. Exactly. I don't mind cheesecake. Not one bit. So, And I feel like that was something conspicuously missing from uh, Patty, Junkin, Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman movies. I'm all for women getting beefcake, too. I'm not... Right, right, but but uh, Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman movies, I think, were uniformly terrible. I didn't even like the first one. Sucker Punch was also terrible, but Sucker Punch was also a titillating cheesecake. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, all right, Kelly, one one final thing for you. Uh, you should see a movie called Saint Maud, because oh, right. had you heard of this? You probably haven't. Is it the one with the glass in the shoe? Oh, nails, nails in the shoe. Yeah, so you have heard of it. Okay, yeah. I saw a trailer. Back when um, movie theaters existed. So uh, the movie will also help you learn a name, and that name is Morphid Clark. <laughs> that is fucking Morphid. She is awesome. You will. Morphid uh, Clark. She's a she's a Welsh chick. She's amazing. Oh, she's no the more. reason to watch Saint Maud. Yeah. Oh, also uh, Minari. The fan of the Lion Mouse. Oh my God! Do you know who's a mega superstar? Like this guy is a movie star, and I don't think I fully appreciated it. I suspected it. I suspected it after Burning, uh-huh. but after Minari, Stephen Yen, like uh, Glenn from Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh my God, that guy's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah I'm supposed to see Minari. Right? And he's barely not that he's barely in Minari. I mean, he's in Minari and he's great in it, but I would say he kind of looms in the background. But uh, I'm sad geez. he's not in Strangers from Hell. Uh, I don't I don't know who's in that because I haven't seen it yet, and it's. Yeah, uh, should I watch Asylum? Asylum? The Steven Yeun movie. Oh God, no, no! Unfortunately, that's, what that's bad. Said. That's the Joe Lynch thing, which I didn't. I think it's the. Is that the thing? Yeah, where like he's in an office building. Yeah, and everyone gets drugged or something. Yeah, there's a Jamie. There's a Jamie. There's a. Uh, uh, who's the um, Guardians of the Galaxy guy? Not Jamie Gunn. Is it Jamie Gunn? James Gunn. Who's Buffalo Bill? In Silence of the Lambs. Jamie Gum. Jamie okay. Gum. Okay, Gun. Or James right. Gum. Well, the uh, right. So the 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 How former. How many episodes in the Clarice are you? That's I don't. Many. I have not That's seen. That's too many. It. Whatever you're gonna say. Okay. Go uh, is it? It's network TV, right? I ex- say no more. Again. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I, so, I, uh, I, uh, she's without Hannibal. She's not as interesting. That's what I learned from that show. So you've watched it. All right. You're not. I, I watched one episode at my mom. Where I also saw Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas. Okay. 
Any Taylor Joy watched Lord of the Rings for Christmas. Uh, and Clarice is not. You're not recommending Clarice the way I'm recommending Saint Maud Calls or Minari. No, I just wanted to make fun of it. Minari. Anything? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, no. Right. Sea Fever. That's the only thing I would plug. Mm, all right. I mean, if you're a Hermione Corfield complete, if you're a Dugray Scott completionist, you should check it out. Oh, that's who that was. <laughs> and Connie Nielsen. I'm a Connie was, Nielsen completionist. Connie Nielsen is Wonder Woman's mom. Yeah. More she footage of her jumping around. I pretended that that was the same character. She was Wonder Woman's mom. Right? Who retires and, and drives a tugboat. Yeah. 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 It's so. about Irish people. And Hermione Corfield plays someone who has no social life and who no boys would ever ask out on a date, right? She has red hair, and so like, ah, redhead on the boat. Uh." All right, unlucky, so she hides it under a hat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Kelly Wan, as I was telling you before, the the, uh, coastal cosmic horror movie to watch is a little tiny indie thing with nobody famous except for Jake Weber called The Beach House. Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah, that's my my recommendation for you. And the problem with the beach house is you have to pretend it's about the older couple who it's not about, and that the younger couple who it's actually about are just supporting characters. Bad writing. Yeah, so you've got that to deal with. So it's like a Cocoon: The Return, where you don't want to concentrate on the Guten, Steve Gutenberg, Tony Welch characters so much as the. Um... Wilford Brimley, uh, Don Amici. I've never love, seen a love story. Movie. I don't. I don't. What? I, I don't know the Cocoon movies. I can't help you there. What? Why would I have seen a Cocoon? I thought movie? you loved. I thought you loved body horror. <laughs> there's body horror in Cocoon. Uh, wow. There's Ron Howard's idea of body horror. There's no horror in Cocoon. Ah, uh, it's dude. It's. Wilford Brimley said he almost shit his pants making that movie. Because it was. He knew it was bad. No, because he got scared of the, of the jump scares. You know. I, I don't believe, yeah. I, I, for the longest time, conflated Cocoon. He couldn't and... go into a swimming pool for the rest of his life after huh. Cocoon. Oh, because they're like alien eggs in swimming pools. And you swim yeah. in there and you turn young? Is that what the deal is? Take that, Shyamalan. All right. Huh. How about that? All right. Well, Kelly Wand, uh, we've done Nomadland. We've left the listeners with some recommendations and some things they shouldn't check out. You also uh, fly, too, if you're from the alien world. In Cocoon, you can fly. If you're from the alien world. Huh. Can you lasso lightning bolts like Wonder Woman? And can you turn a jet invisible? I think no, not. But you, you can beat black people at basketball. By In Cocoon. Huh. Yeah. All right. No, the second one. I'll have to check out these movies. <laughs> Black men can't jump, Tom. That's the what Cocoon 2, The Returns poster said. Right, Kelly Wan, let's do another movie in three weeks. Yeah. Let's try to find one that we like, or at least that we disagree really? on. Yeah. Well, we disagreed on some stuff on this. That's true. We disagree on what good writing and bad writing are. That's true. But uh, you, you you did make zero point. You only You got one pity point this week. Uh, let's see if you can do better next time. I feel time. like more people would think I'm right and that you're dumb. I Kelly think Wan, st- do I need to read the disclaimer to you again? Uh, I, I will if you need me to. No, I'll just Don't read make me do it. that part. Yeah, I'll listen really after this that. after we're done recording. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in three weeks with another movie. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Kelly Wand. And uh, thanks for listening. Sing.
Tom, the sound effect from Shifter is like a cross between the Grudges and Hereditaries. What's the sound effect from Hereditary? Oh my god! You freaked me out doing that. Don't do that. Uh, that totally freaked me out. Kelly Wand, take that back. Stop uh, it! Stop it! Really, the Grudges doesn't do anything for you? Stop. I can you do the Grudge one. Or... You want to hear me do the Grudge one? Yeah. Here yeah. we go. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I have to get my throat straight. Hold on. Uh-huh. That's more the apparition. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, Wait, what was that what me doing or to you? It's both of us. But you did scary. it really good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, I can Yeah, but that don't don't freak me out with that hereditary. Anyway, thing. shifter is like that and mixed together. Oh no, shifter was like something cracking, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that was a cool sound effect now that you mention it. Alright. Oh, yeah. You know what? Shifter gets I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna upgrade it based on that one sound effect. Yeah. That was and cool. it happens constantly. Yeah. And yeah. librarian is cool too. It needs a better lead actress though. Jesus Christ. Alright. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. Alright, and we have what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Oh, I also thought it was cool when the old people taught uh, Francis how to eat chocolate! <laughs> that was like a cross between Mila Jovovich saying it and Tony Jaw saying it. Yeah. I forget who said it how. So Mila Jovovich just does an American like chocolate, and then he goes, chocolate. Right, right, right. Yeah, two completely oh, but words. you know what? I In uh, Iceman, they do that. He goes... Oh, don't sp- wait. Oh, Iceman. What's Iceman? <laughs> don't spoil it. I thought, you were, gonna, I thought you were talking about that... three with the caveman. Yeah. And the guy from <laughs> King's Graffiti. And, the, and so he gets de-thawed, or he gets thawed. And then um, uh, the guy from King's Graffiti goes, Oh, what's your name? And then he goes... Ugh! And then the American she goes, oh, Charlie? Oh, hi, Charlie. So he calls him Charlie for the rest of the movie. But the guy does not sound – he doesn't say anything like the word Charlie. That's the joke, Kelly Wan. You got the joke. Uh, 